Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. So good to see you all here. This is episode number 35. It is, oh my goodness, December 1st. Hello and welcome to December, everyone. 2019, we're rounding out the year with a bang here. It is so good to see everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Let's go ahead and jump right into the uh, the intro. How about it? Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, folks. <clears throat> December 1st, we're rolling right in here, hot and heavy. It's been a uh, a great week here. Hope you've had a fantastic week yourselves. Thanks for joining in. Uh, I'd like to get this out at the beginning of the show so you know where to take part and participate. Heinehouse.com is the website. H-E-I-N-E, Heinehouse. Dot com. Check it out, of course, everywhere else on social media at Heine House. Oh, you could have guessed. Uh, also taking calls or taking voicemails. If there is a uh, something you want to say, maybe you have a question, maybe you have something you want to talk about, maybe there's something I mentioned earlier in an episode you want to talk about or bring up, it's, it's open for you. It's totally there for you. It's 503-908-5490 is the phone number. 503-908-5490. You can call, uh, you know, from your, your Skype or your, your landline. Maybe you uh, have a rotary phone. Maybe you have a cellular device. Maybe you want to call from that new uh, Motorola Razor. That's, uh, that's happening. <laughs> it's not out yet, but, you know, you know what I mean. Maybe you want to. <laughs> uh, but we are, again, uh, Heine House Live is now, it took me about 30 or so episodes, but... We are now streaming them live every time I record one, which is great. So uh, I do a cross stream on Twitch and also a backup recording so that uh, I can make the podcast episodes, audio versions, um, and then they get distributed. So you can you can go to YouTube and watch the video feed. If you're on Twitch right now, I'm, I'm pointing over here because my screen's over here. But everyone, thank you. It's so good to see everyone. The homie Glav. Uh, who else we got? We got Timothy again. Tim, hey, thanks for the he threw a little $5 tip for me. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So good to see everyone. Andy Glav, Steph's in there. You know, the party is happening. Um, we're going to jump right in. This is a very, a very great, great moment uh, for Heine House Live in general. Uh, folks, I'm popping this up on the screen. Folks, we have hit 30 patrons on Patreon. Uh, this, is the, this is big news because, uh, you know, my milestone goal is uh, to get to 100. I'd like to get to 100 patrons. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, that is the big milestone goal. And we are at 30. We are on our way. And I appreciate all your support so much. Uh, I do car vlogs and I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes uh, for the Game Loft patron tier. And then I do updates and things for everyone else there. And I mention stuff like this. And it means so much to me that you're, you support and you come through and you take part. I'd like to welcome Hustino to uh, the, the good old-fashioned game loft. Thank you, Justino. And also, actually, I have a question, though. Hold on. Is, are you just... Is it Justin Spadee? Is, did you change your name to Justino? Are you the same person? Because if so, I have you in twice. I don't know. I just saw that come through. So uh, let me know. 
and then also, of course, thank you to Aquando X. Aquando. Also joining the game loft here. These uh, these guys are getting in because they're excited for that uh, that new Heine House physical CD that they're going to get next month. You know, they're excited that that couple skate. I have, I have an update on that, too, by the way. And then finally, my man, Mr. Chad Schaffer himself, Chad, the Panda Squad, throwing down. He says, Jay, he texted me today and he goes, I'm supporting, but bro, don't forget to give me a ding woo. Ding woo. Yes, sir. Okay, another round of applause. There it is. There it is. There it is. Of course. So, yeah, so that's great news, folks. So we're at 30 now. That's fantastic. Hey, let's get it to 50. Can we hit 50 by the end of the year? That's very ambitious. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Honestly, even if you roll through and throw down five bucks a month and join on, uh, you know, either the main floor, you know, even just five bucks a month, the, the price of a couple of ices and a pretzel, you know, your morning coffee, that is greatly appreciated when you put it into perspective of what it is. But thank you so much. All right. Uh, we're going to jump right into the episode. We have a great show for you today. Um, I, I named it like even Santa can get hacked. I mean, we are living in this world where there's a lot of hacking going on. Um, you know, a lot of fraud is happening. A lot of stuff's been going on and you have to be careful. You have to be vigilant. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a few articles, I think three actually, that we are looking at today of, of things that have happened in the hacking world that we're going to bring up. So you know what? Being it's December and being that we are, you know, in the holiday season, people are shopping a lot. People are online a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cybering, if you will, a lot of cybering going down. So again, just be careful, be careful because, you know, you can get bit really easily out there in this crazy twisted world that we live in. Um, so we'll talk about this uh, later on in some of the tech stuff here, but I got some random news. So a quick update to everyone who's interested. My new couple skate EP, we already talked about that last episode, I did a whole episode on it. It was fantastic. You guys are amazing. Thank you for your support on that. But I did get confirmation email yesterday that it did move forward. It is in the disk duplication uh, phase. So it's actually uh, the print pressing has been done. The disks are being um, stamped and duplicated and printed. And then it's going to move over to packaging. So like this is great news. Really, really exciting. It looks like we're going to get um, a, a ship date, hopefully within the first two weeks, uh, if not the first two weeks of December. So this is great news. This is great news. So we're right around the corner from getting that. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy, very thankful for that. So yeah, a couple skate CD coming very soon. Um, what else was going on? Okay. So I did, I say whenever I bring stuff up like this, it's not that I forgot. It's just that there's so much other stuff going on in your life that sometimes you get distracted by other things and, and you, you don't forget, but you just kind of, I don't know what the right word is. I guess I forgot how great it was. Okay. Whatever. I'll admit it. I forgot how great the Xbox 360 was. And one thing I've never forgot though, is how great the controller is. I think that's one of the absolute best controllers out there. In fact, on my PC, I still use a wired Xbox 360 controller. Back in the day, they were called wired Xbox now, what were they called? They were called, they were called Xbox controller for windows. I think is what they were technically called. It was an Xbox 360 controller with, with a USB cable and it was wired. You know, it wasn't the wireless one that you use on the console. Um, but yeah, I love it. You just plug it in and it works. Everything, all the games sync up to it. It's like one of the industry standard. And one great thing about the, the controller 
is really the triggers. And we'll talk, we have some controller news later to talk about on the uh, PS5 we'll, we'll get into. But uh, the triggers are beautiful. I just love them. And the controller is so comfortable. I mean, can I get an amen on that? You know, I just think that it's one of the greatest controllers ever made. And it's so comfortable. But Steph and I sat down and we were playing some 360, pulling out some games. Uh, in fact, we went out uh, yesterday to, to Bookman's, which is a local place here that has books and games and music and media. And um, we found actually some older Nerf blasters that we had laying around. We took them down there, traded them in, and picked up some uh, original Xbox. I found Outrun 2, by the way, two copies of them, right? Great. Um, and we started, we were playing some Burnout. We were doing Burnout 2 early today, Crash Mode. Come on, give it to me. Crash Mode is fantastic. Um, just great stuff, great stuff. So we're in there. Oh my God, give me the dashboard. Give me the fucking 360 dashboard back. I love it. It's so it's so responsive. It's, it's quick. It's clean. It's simple. Oh, I love it. I fucking hate the tiles, man. Ah, am I the only one? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm the only one. And I'm sorry. I'm yelling now because it's just, I miss it so much, but we've been playing 360 and having an absolute fantastic time. Um, we've been playing Hydro Thunder Hurricane. This was a game that came out many, many years ago. It's a, it's a, it's a staple game in my my book. I mean, it's, it's a game that has to be played all the time when you have the 360 out. And you know what's great is the online still works. It's still functional. You can host games. It's peer-to-peer. -peer, so we can always go in there and play. On Thanksgiving night here in the U.S. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, everyone. I love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. We sat down and we played Hydro Thunder. And I'm like, this is amazing. I found some lobbies. I joined some rooms. I'm in there playing. First race out. I'm racing. I'm racing. Having fun. Got first place. Because it's like riding a bike. You know, you, I've played it so much. I love it. What happens the second I get done? Boom. They kick me. They boot me. I'm like, okay, whatever. They don't like to lose. I get it. That's fine. Find another lobby. Join in. Play it. Da -da 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 -da. Win the race. Boom. Booted. You've just been disconnected. Every single lobby I'm racing, they're disconnecting me after, after a race. After they lose. <sighs> I can't, it's so frustrating. So I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this. I get on social media. I, I'm so mad. I'm fuming. I'm so mad that I, I make a post about it. I go, you know what? It's all about winning and losing. You know, it's all part of life, folks. Come on. Like, let's play. Let's have some fun. Nobody wants to play with me. Nobody. So I make a post on social media and I'm like, take a picture of Hydro Thunder and I show that I've been disconnected. I show the screenshot. Well, my homie, Binary Ruse, and the homie Vaughn, who I don't think they're in chat yet on Twitch, but they'll, they'll probably roll through later on. They, uh, they came in. They said, look, we'll join. We'll play. We had a great time. We played for like two hours. We were on there doing multiplayer, playing through the maps, having a great time. It's just a fantastic game. So, folks, we're making this tradition. I'm calling it out right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now a Thanksgiving tradition in the United States. Every Thanksgiving, all right, every Thanksgiving day, we are going to sit down. It's like watching the Macy's Day Parade, right? It's going to happen. We are going to sit down and we're going to have a community game night and we're going to play Hydro Thunder Hurricane on Xbox 360. It's also backwards compatible with Xbox One. So if you're on Xbox One, you can totally join in with us and it will be a ton of fun. That's perfect. Perfect. How about a ding woo, huh? We like that. That's right. So it's been fun. Great times. 360, great console. You know what? Pull out your 360 and just hook that thing up and just play some games. It's, it's so fun. What a, what a great time. Uh, okay, what in, what is going on with people suntanning their buttholes? Okay, I know. This is a little 
this may be a little off topics, maybe, you know, going down, down a road that, you know, <laughs> might be going down, down South there, but uh, what's going on with this? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you could be doing with your time, but this is definitely uh, one interesting one. Um, they're soaking up some of the sun rays where the sun don't shine folks. Uh, there's an influencer called raw of earth who says, quote, in a mere 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole, you will receive more energy from from this electric node than you would in an entire day of being outside with your clothes on. Yes, that's because your butthole is covered up, bruh. Um, these people are laying on their backs completely naked with their legs in the air spread open and they're suntanning their buttholes. I, I mean, you probably can argue like, hey, you know what? Jason could make that up, but this I'm not. I definitely can't make that up. Um, what? It says here that they lay on their back, legs up, spread, and then they gesture. They gesture towards the sun. Uh, they point their backsides to the sky and make sounds of pleasure. This is a. This is what it says that they do. Uh, doctors and medical professionals, of course, are uh, far from being convinced. Dr. Diana Gall of the UK-based Doctor For You stated, she said, there's no evidence that sunbathing in this way has any effect on your physical well-being. Yeah, well, anyone could have told you that. But people are doing it and they're going crazy about it. So I'm thinking that things are going to change a little bit once they do that for a little while longer. They're going to be going into the doctor the dermatologist not thinking about uh hey doc you want to take a look and see if this is melanoma no they're going to be going there and saying take a look at my uh my butt to see if maybe it's a uh buttholonoma about that is that a good one okay it's a good one uh definitely some random <laughs> random news here uh north carolina man creates a dating app that bars all other men the new york post New York Post reported about this. Aaron Smith, him and a friend, developed this app called Singularity. This is actually fantastic. Listen to this hilarious story. This app features a variety of photos of just him. Okay, it's a dating app. All right, so this features photos of only him. He is the only choice. He's the only choice. So he's like, yeah, this is a dating app for women. Go on there and check it out. <laughs> He used a simple analogy to explain how we cut out the competition. He says, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So basically, you sign up, you look at a picture of him, you're like, no, I don't like that. You swipe. The next picture is him just doing something different, different outfit. It's all him. So you eventually, hey, eventually you're going to get a hit. You know, eventually you're going to get a hit. Shit is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, he has a YouTube video that's like a really funny commercial promoting it. You should look that up. It's so funny. It's called Singularity. <laughs> oh my goodness. What what a time to be alive, huh? What a time to be alive. Um, yeah, actually, this is actually some good news. We have uh, some Toys R Us news, folks. Now, we heard, we heard earlier that Toys R Us was coming back. They were kind of rumored and then we had loose information about that. Well, it's official now that Toys R Us is coming back. In fact, is back right now. Uh, one store is already open in um, New Jersey, Garden State Plaza Mall. All right. And others will be, uh, there's be another store that will be going in Houston, Texas later on. 
Uh, 6,000 square foot uh, building staffed by toy experts. Oh my goodness. How do you apply? Yes. Can we go? I would love to man the Nintendo or the Nerf booth. That would be, that'd be fantastic. What do you think? Um, these experts are trained to test toys with kids and parents and help shoppers order items online that they do not see in the store. This is great. Um, it's not much of a store as uh, what they are saying is more of an experience. And I watched the video. It's like five minutes long. It was a great kind of introduction to talk about what it is exactly. And you know how Toys R Us, you walk, used to walk in and just toys everywhere. It's basically just like retail city. You just go in, pick what you want, and... Um, there were maybe some kiosks, maybe some little, you know, demos here and there. But for the most part, you would just pick your toy and leave. What they're trying to do and what they, well, I guess what they are going to do is they're making this not so much as like a retail shopping experience. They would love for you to come in and walk out with a toy. That's the idea. But also to give you experiences and have people there that are warm, welcoming, and that can talk to you and show you and demo. And actually what they said, get analog hands-on experience with a toy. Honestly, I think it's brilliant. I'm a child of the 80s, you know, and I played with toys. And, you know, before we had internet and, you know, video games, like there was there was times where, I mean, I went out in the dirt with my Tonka truck. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what I did. You know, I rode, used to go out and ride bikes and do all that stuff. It was fun. So I think this is brilliant, actually, to get kids in a place to have an experience. Uh, and, of course, you have a good experience. What are you going to do? You're going to buy a toy. That's where it's at. So, yeah, Um uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Actually. I suggest all of you go and take a look at the video. I have some screens here that I'm going to show, um, of the, uh, the store here. Let me pop this on here. Oh, that's not it. Hold on. Let me mirror my, let me mirror my Ipid, my little Ipid to you. So y'all can see it. Uh, how about that? There we are. How about this? So, and what they're saying is basically, the experience is going to be they're going to have manufacturers in there and toy brands. So they're going to have uh, Nintendo and Nerf and they're going to have, I mean, you see here, Lego. Like, look at this here. Look at this Lego section. You can go in there, probably build Legos, play with Legos. Look at the Nerf section here. The Nerf section actually has like a target practice range here. So now you're not going to be able to like, you know, grab a Nerf blaster off the wall, open it up and use it. But they're going to probably have all the new and latest and greatest Nerf blasters there that you can go play with and demo and have fun with. I think it's brilliant, to be honest. I really think this is great. Um, there's a tree house. Look at this little play area. Maybe you can do, I don't know, like presentations or something in there. I see speakers on the wall. I see monitors there, places to sit for kids. I think this is really, really cool. Honestly, I think it's quite nice. So uh, yeah, branding it as more of like an experience now rather than just a retail store. They also have flat screens. You can kind of see a, a small picture of one. Is that a screen? Yeah, there's a screen right there. There's one back there. You see this Nintendo booth? Actually, look at that. Yeah, it's a Nintendo section there. And they got, you know, Amiibers back there and games and consoles, I'm sure. So it's kind of nice. Think about it. Toys R Us will go to, say, Nintendo and be like, okay, uh, 2020 quarter one, what what do you want us to give the experience in? What are you promoting? What are you selling? Oh, they're like, well, we're going to, we're promoting Switch and we're doing Switch Lite. Like, let's, let's build upon that. We're releasing these games in this month. Let's promote that. Let's make that an experience. This Amiibo is coming out. This merch is available. Like, make an experience. I think that's really cool. I think it's wise. I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about this because how many years have we gone and said to ourselves, Toys R Us, it's not the same. Do you remember that? Right before it closed, right before they filed for bankruptcy and closed all the stores everywhere, at least in the U.S. anyway, 
remember what we all said. We all said, you know what? Toys R Us, they need to get their shit together. Their prices are too expensive. The the stores are old and dirty. Everything's messed up. That like you can't like it's just not the same experience. And the business needs to be changed. The whole model needs to be changed. And I I actually I I think this is great. I give them credit for this. It's great. And when they open up here in Arizona, we're gonna go to it. And we will film and we'll check it out. It'll be fun. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Jeffrey? Um, some more news about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's in the news again. Evidently, they're still being mean to people. Uh, a guy named Daniel, actually from Phoenix, Arizona, funny enough, went to a Chick-fil-A store in Flagstaff and ordered a 30-piece chicken nugget. McNugget. <laughs> uh, 30-piece nugget and fries. Damn. 30 count. Holy shit, bro. I need a party with him. I love these nuggets. I usually just get a 12 count because they're so expensive. But 30 count, what a baller. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hang out. Um, order a 30 piece and waffle fries. And then, um, so what happens is when you place an order, a takeout order, you go up to the counter, you order, and then they usually will take your name down or whatever. Uh, usually. But in this case, they didn't get his name for whatever reason. And they uh, decided to just call him Ugly Sweater. Uh... <laughs> Because I guess he was wearing an ugly sweater, they thought. So to identify him on the takeout ticket when his food was ready, uh, you know, when they hand um, order for ugly sweater, you're ready? No, they didn't announce it. They just handed him the bag, but forgot to take off the carryout ticket. I have a picture of it here. <laughs> ugly sweater. He got in his car. He sat down in his car. He looked at the ticket. It says carryout for ugly sweater. Which is really funny too, because they look, they have his name too, his name Daniel at the top. They actually have his name. So what the fuck? He was like, he was kind of like, you know, laughing about that. Thought it was funny. He posted he posted a picture of himself. <laughs> posted a picture of himself in his car, middle finger up, just flipping a bird. I think that's hilarious, man. He was in pretty good spirits about it, but uh, his post obviously went viral. Uh, uh, there wasn't any <laughs> any word from Chick Fil A about that, but that's that's really funny. Uh, I mean, it's Christmas time. Maybe he was going to an ugly sweater, con you know, a little party or something. Even still, I don't think it's that ugly. I've seen sweaters that are a lot worse than that. So pretty funny. <laughs> he says he's not mad, but he would like compensation with free chicken sandwiches. Yeah, wouldn't we all, bro? That's funny. Nice. Uh, I have exciting news, too. Uh, we're going to get into this week in gaming history next, but stay tuned. Do not go anywhere because we have... A top 10 list. Yes, that's official. It is a shopping top 10 list that will be coming later on in the show. I bet you guys are excited for that. You will be, believe me. But before all that, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for this week in gaming history. Yes. Everyone's favorite part of the show where we talk about the games that came out in the past during the week this podcast episode is live. That's going to be December 1st through... December 8th. Are you ready? Take this journey with me. Let's go back in time. December 1st in 2003, Sword of Mana on Game Boy Advance was uh, released. Pretty fantastic. What was that? Uh, Steph actually just yelled at me today saying that there's a sale at Best Buy. It's a, um, is it the collection of mana? I think it is. Yeah, yeah collection of mana. It's uh, like half off or something. 25 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. We should definitely need to pick that up. Uh, 2007, the one, the only, the most infamous, and the, the, the attachment that you find the most 
at Goodwill, secondhand stores, the garbage, dumpsters, and dumpster fires. We fit. <laughs> there. <laughs> my, my sitcom laugh button didn't work. <laughs> we fit in Japan on the Nintendo Wii. Uh, 2009, Resident Evil Archives, Resident Evil Zero on Wii was released. 2011, Fortune Street for the Nintendo Wii in Japan was released. That was the game we were all really excited for. And because uh, we were hoping at that time, we were hoping for Mario Party. And we're like, oh, this is like Mario Party. And then we played it and it was not. What the hell of it, brah? Uh, 2015, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on PS3. 2015, Just Cause 3 on PS4 and Xbox One was released. How about 2016, Super Mario Maker on 3DS in Japan was released. And finally, on December 1st, in 2017, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on a Switch. My daddy taught me game is called Switch. Moving on to the next day, December 2nd, in 1994, Breath of Fire 2 on Super Nintendo in Japan was released. How about 1998? Great year for gaming. You want to find a good year in gaming. You go to 98, you just park your car there and you get out and you dial up on the internet and you just hang out. It's a ton of fun. 1998 Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3D on PC was released. Oh yeah, this one here, amazing. Many, many hours played. In 1999, this was a big year for uh, first person shooters. In 1999, Quake 3 Arena on PC. Really the game that changed Really, it changed um, competitive shooting uh, on a, uh, especially on PC. I mean, that was like Land City. We had Unreal 99, Game of the Year. We had Quake. Uh, oh, my gosh. We were playing Duke. We were playing Doom. Oh, gosh. Please drop me off there for a while. Pay the babysitter. Let me just sit there. Uh, 2001, SSX Tricky on GameCube was released. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Great game. And 2002, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland on Game Boy Advance was released. Next year, later on in 2002, Silent Hill 2 on PC was released. Uh, 2006, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess on GameCube in Japan was released. What a big day that was, huh? And uh, lastly, on December 2nd in 2014, The Crew on PS4 and Xbox One. Yes, I have to mention it because it it took a part of my life and it took a part of me. It took a part of me when it died. Uh, moving on to the next day. December 3rd in 1991, Super Castlevania 4 on Super Nintendo. Fabulous game. Uh, 1993, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on Super Nintendo in Japan was released turtles on a half shell oh ladies and gentlemen in 1994 the amazing playstation console was released in japan <laughs> got a couple of uh, ps1 got warhawk we got some gunfighter over here star wars demo race we got a couple of games over here playstation yeah what a great console great console remember that i remember that uh, well, that was in Japan, of course, but I remember the U.S. release very vividly. I think I've talked about it a few times already, but great times. 1996, 
Cruising, yeah. Cruising USA, yeah. Cruising USA on N64 was released. I bought that shit day one, too. So good. 96, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire on N64 as well. I believe that was, I believe that was really close to launch. 1998, Ridge Racer Type 4 on PS1 in Japan. One of the best Ridge Racers. IMO. Speaking of one of the best, 2001 Smash Bros. Melee. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Home Run Contest. So good. What a great game. You know, I, to be honest, I really wasn't into Smash that much. I mean, I was, I was into Smashing, but <laughs> Smash Bros. I'm talking about. All right. I wasn't into Smash Bros. that much prior. Like when I played it on N64, I thought it was kind of funny, right? Because like, why am I having Nintendo characters beat each other up? Like it was fun because we'd never been able to do that. And they're always so like happy and happy go lucky. But I, I didn't understand why. I'm like, why? I don't really get this. It wasn't until on GameCube, until we got Melee, that it connected. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people kind of had that. I guess it's kind of like an epiphany at that point. Kind of like, whoa, okay, this I get it. Like, this makes sense. This, this controlled chaos on the screen, I understand it now. And uh, yeah, from that point forward, man, it was just, it was on. On like Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, where were we at here? 2002 Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance was released. And uh, lastly, on December 3rd, big day here. In 2008, uh, Banjo-Kazooie on 360. Probably an arcade, I'm assuming, right? Arcade, 360 arcade. Uh, move on to the next day, December 4th in 1992, Mega Man 5 on NES in Japan. 2003, Sonic Battle on Game Boy Advance in Japan. That's where you, uh, Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails all go up against each other, right? Where you fight, see who's the best, something like that. <laughs> something crazy. Um, uh, 2011, Mario Kart 7 on 3DS was released. 2012, I remember this day very vividly. Far Cry 3 on PC, PS3, and 360. What a great game, great story, very edgy, that game's fantastic. You should definitely go back and play that if you haven't yet. And 2012, one of Steph's favorite, Mass Effect Trilogy on PS3 was released December 4th. Moving on to the next day, December 5th. Are you ready? Animal Droppings, Wild World, Animal Crossing on DS was released. Same day, same year, Super Mario Strikers on GameCube. That is the soccer, or I guess US version of soccer. Kicking a ball around. Uh, 2007, Godzilla Unleashed on Wii was released. 2013, Gran Turismo 6 on PS3 in Japan. And 2014, Captain Toad's Adventure Tracker on the Wii U. Uh, this is the uh, USA release this time. I think we talked about it last episode. That was the Japan release. This is the US. And every time I talk like Captain Toad, maybe I have to pull out Mr. Monocle. Captain Toad, do you have any experience tracking treasure? Or should you invite me along to investigate maybe a little further with my monocle? Mr. Monocle to you, Mr. Toad. 
Hey, two more days here, folks. Here we go. Uh, December 6th, kind of a light day. 1991 Mega Man 4 on NES in Japan. 2001 Max Payne on PS2. And in 2016, Last Guardian on PS4 was released. Only three games, but great games at that. December 7th, 1983, Baseball on NES. I love how the games were just called what they were. <laughs> they weren't like, uh, you know, they weren't uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, Tournament Fighters Extreme Redux HD Remake. It was just baseball. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you want to do? Do you want to play baseball? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, well, here's the game. Baseball. Fucking classic. It didn't need to be all that. Uh, speaking of Turtles, 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on NES in Japan, which is also an absolutely brilliant game. In 2000, Mario Party 3, probably my favorite Mario Party from the N64 days. I think so. I think it was a little bit more refined at that point. Um, and then following the uh, Mario Party 4 on GameCube. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. But uh, anyway, we're talking about 3 and 64 in Japan. Uh, same day, same year, Project Justice on Dreamcast in Japan. 2002, Star Wars Bounty Hunter on GameCube. 2018, PUBG on PS4. Uh, and then last year, Sega Genesis Classic. Classics on Switch and Smash Bros. Ultimate all were a year ago. Man. It's been a year. It's been a year since that Smash and Bros. has been out. And then finally, the last day, December 8th, folks, for this week in gaming history, 1994, The Lion King on Genesis, and 2009, Dirt 2 on PC, great Codemasters racing game. And then finally, in 2012, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the Wii U in Japan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. That was this week in gaming history. <clears throat> Moving right along, man. We got some gaming news and some tech news to talk about and a top 10 list coming up. We have a lot to uh, to go after here. Gaming news. So we all know that the PS5 is going to be released at some point next year. We all know that uh, the rumors are true. It's officially fappening. But uh, a new patent that was filed in Japan earlier this week uh, shows, off, shows us what a, a PS5 controller may or may not look like. And I'm going to say before I show the picture of this, Anytime that there's been like a patent filled in Japan gaming company related, like, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, whatever, whenever they do the patent, it's pretty damn close. Do you remember all the Nintendo stuff we saw prior to Switch, prior to the um, Super Nintendo Classic, prior to the NES Classic, prior to all that? And then they came out like the next month or whatever. Like it's it's the real deal. So I'm I'm going to assume and it's probably not good to assume, but I'm going to say that I think that this is probably pretty close to what the PS5 controller may look like. Um, so it looks similar to a DualShock 4, uh, similar D-pad, similar face buttons, does still have the touch bar up top. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go and pull a picture of, of it here. It does have a, a weird little square thing on the bottom of it. Go ahead and take a look here. I got a picture here for you. I know it's just black and white, kind of a... a Kind of a, a quick drawing of it here, but that, that's what the patent looks like. Um, the controller itself, again, looks like a DualShock. It looks like the actual grips themselves maybe a little wider, mo more like an Xbox uh, One controller, possibly. But uh, as you see, we have a little strap thing, or I don't know what that is in the bottom, right below the PS button. We also have that touchpad that is made to return. 
I mean, I think this basically on the PS4, I think the touchpad was a waste of space. I don't think it got utilized the way that they hoped. And um, developers didn't really take advantage of it too much. Yeah, sure. Some games did. Uh, and it's also nice for navigating like your pointer, or your mouse, if you're doing stuff. But oh, man, look at the real estate, right? So I really hope that they have plans for it this time. Could be nice. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, USB-C uh, uh, adapter there for charging. And uh, that's what it looks like. And I, I honestly, I think this is probably going to be realistic to what we're going to see. I'm going to just say in my hopes, now I know that this is already done. The patent is there. I bet you they're already producing these and making them. Like I bet you they're already going to be already in production. But for my own sanity, for my own sanity, I just want to say, Sony, please fix your fucking triggers. Please, for the love of God, fix your triggers. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to trigger anyone. <laughs> but I do feel that Sony in general, the PlayStation controllers have the weakest link in their triggers. I mean, I bought for the PS3, I bought trigger adapters that like you attach on and they never stayed. So I hot glued them in there or super glued them in there. Don't ask. But in the trigger, like kind of rounds out the bottom of it to where like your finger goes into almost like a cradle because your fingers always slip off. Like, okay, great news for anyone who plays like action games or shooters or something. But if you're playing like anything that requires you to hold the trigger and hold it for an extended period of time, dude, your fingers are falling off. And God forbid you have a fat sausage fingers and you're sweaty. God forbid you just had pizza. You know, I mean, those are breaking the rules. You got to wash your hands before you touch a controller after pizza. Those are always the rules. But Maybe you got a hot session. Pizza's right there. And your hands are a little greasy. God forbid. And your fingers are sliding off. And I hate that. And you know what? The PS4, although better, I'll give it credit, although better, I'm just going to say that I think they should fix their triggers. And I, God, do I have, I don't have one out here. Go grab a 360 controller. Did I not just gush about 360 controllers? Go grab a 360 controller. Fuck, go grab an Xbox One controller and look at those triggers and just touch them and feel those triggers. They're very, very good. So my only hope is that the triggers are fixed, that they either have more of an arch, more of an angle, more of a cradle to where when you, when it's fully depressed, it's still at an angle that will not slip off. I mean, I'm just saying, I hope I'm not the only one, you know, um, jumping down this, uh, this rabbit hole with this, but uh, yeah, I hope they fix that. So this is cool. A really cool patent. I think it looks good. Again, it's not broke. Don't fix it. I think the PlayStation has always had. I don't have a controller out here. I've got every other controller. Um, I think that the PlayStation has had a, an iconic and amazing controller scheme. And there's really no reason to change a lot of it. But upgrading it. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that, player. Yeah, player. We can do that. We've all been there, huh? All right. So, yeah, there's the patent for that. And hello, everyone. Just saying hi to everyone in the chat. I see a bunch of new friends, new faces thrown in there, jumping in. Hi. Good to see you all. Thanks for being here. I um, always appreciate the, the live chat community coming through. Um, speaking of Sony, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm the most upset when it comes to this. I don't know why. Why do I care? Um, the PS5 dev kit, we, we kind of we knew rumors about it. We heard rumors. Now we actually have confirmation. I have a picture here. Um, the PS5 dev kit that we've seen that looks like a 2001 Linksys router modem built into one, two-in-one. 
it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's official. That is a dev kit. And I just think it's hideous. It's horrible. I, I don't know why. It doesn't matter. Okay, let me just calm down for a second because it doesn't matter. Those are the dev kits. Those aren't going to be available to the public. I just like in the back of my mind thinking the PlayStation 5 will not look like that, right? Right? It's not going to. The Verge is that Tom Warren has confirmed and verified that this photo does show the PS5 dev kit. He wrote on Twitter, yes, this is the PlayStation 5 dev kit. Reason it's large and V-shaped is to make more easily stackable for devs who are running multiple stress tests on the cooling. Okay. So it's it, that's the reason. That's the reason. Not a problem at all. Here's the picture of it. We've seen this before. Look at the console compared to the controller. Now, do you remember when we saw like early like screenshots of that earlier? It looked like a little tiny router. But look at the fucking size of that thing. It's huge. Wow. That's a powerhouse right there. That's a powerhouse PC. So that actually is going to be uh that's going to be pretty interesting. Now, I don't think the final version, I hope the final version isn't that. Because I do not, I do not approve of that look. But anyway, we do have official word that that is the PS5 dev kit. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. PS5, I'm excited for all the new stuff to come out. You know, now's the time. Now's the time. We're moving in 2020, coming in strong. Let's let's get these uh these new consoles out. Let's get these new games going. This is all an exciting time. So very, very cool. Um, Star Wars Fallen Order. Have you been playing it? Is that a yeah? Is that a no? You guys have been playing that? Evidently, there's a lot of bugs that are happening in it. And this is common on new games when they're released. And we all know it's very typical. But evidently, there are some game-breaking bugs to where players can access certain areas that they aren't supposed to get into yet until they reach a certain level. So what's happening is that players are reaching these areas and they're not at a certain level to where they can't use their abilities. They don't have the enough strength or the ability or the jumping, whatever it is, and they can't progress, but they also can't go back <laughs> into their earlier game. They can't walk backwards. They can't go in and it basically breaks the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically what's happening, they're navigating to areas they're not supposed to be in and they're underpowered and they can't continue. Uh, a reporter from Kotaku who reported this, they said that they have been playing for about 10 hours they're 47% complete, and he hit an area that he could not continue in. And he had to restart his game. It's called Dathomir Jump. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Probably not. Dathomir Jump. There's an area that you're supposed to jump across, I guess. But if you don't have enough, if you're not high enough level, you can't jump that far. So you just die, and it's like game over. That's crazy. Um, EA forums are blowing up as we speak about this, people are having issues. Can you imagine you get to this point in the game and you're like 10 hours in and then you, you die and you can't get past this point. And then what do you do? You just like restart the game completely. That sucks. Or wow. You'd leave the console on. No, you can't leave it on because what are you going to do? You can't, you have to restart it. That's fucked. That's fucked. And I guess there's some something that's preventing them from loading an earlier save or something like it auto saves when you go through there or something. I don't know. There's a weird trigger pattern on this whole thing. And I just feel bad for people. EA has responded, though, by the way. So here here's what they've said. We're aware of the issue and are, and are working on a fix. We're going to continue to work on performance. 
We're going to continue to work on the performance in the game and release patches as needed so players can enjoy their time with the game. Okay, well, at least they're aware of it. <laughs> that would suck ass, man. It's tough because, you know, when new games come out, we always have issues. It's very, very common. But game breaking like that? Wow. I don't know. Let's take a second here. Just have a sip. I got my QT, uh, my sweet raspberry tea. Look at that. How about it? Yeah, cheers up. Cheers to you. Mm. Very good. A little raspberry tea. Mmm, schnoshberry. Um, what do we have here next? Oh, yeah, Half-Life Alex. Yeah, no, we were looking at this. We reported this last time. This is not new news. Everyone knows about the new VR experience that's coming to uh, the Half-Life universe. We're all very, very happy. And then people started to look at the specs that are required, the minimum specs for your PC in order to run this on top of having a high-performance VR headset. You also need a supercomputer, basically, a computer that is like, you know, upgraded to modern times. I mean, I'm not saying every year you need to upgrade your PC, but you know, a lot of people wait and that's okay because you can get away with that longer today than say 20 years ago. Every month you'd have to upgrade your PC with something to get the next game to run. Nowadays, it's not really that case. This is a rule that I have and I've had this rule since about Mm, 2000 and early 2000s let's just say i don't know it wasn't in the year early 2000s my goal when i build a pc is i want to build that pc to withstand anything and everything i needed to do for the next five years that's my that's my goal five-year pc build from that point after five years we're either changing os's because they're microsoft is fucking us over with something hardware is outdated there's a new direct x at that point um We'll need more of something at that point. And that's not, I mean, five years is a long time in PC world nowadays, but I think five years is a good time. So with that being said, I don't blame people for not upgrading every single year. You really don't need to. As long as, as long as you don't buy the bottom of the barrel stuff, you really don't need to. But anyway, that's just like side tangent. Maybe we can have a PC episode. Maybe we can talk about PC building, PC tech talk. I don't know. Does that sound fun? Maybe, maybe we could do that. Um, so with that being said, uh, the new VR game and the minimum requirements are higher than that of other VR games in the same class, same category. It will need, here are the minimum, quad core i5 chip or better, uh, GTX 1060 or better with six gigs of onboard RAM, and you need 12 gigs of, uh, of RAM, system memory. Keep in mind, this is the minimum. This is like no, no less than that minimum. And you guys know when you run minimum, it basically runs the game sort of poorly. You guys know that, right? That's the difference between playing a game at like 720p 30 and like 10, 80, 60 or higher. You know, like it's the difference. It's pretty, pretty substantial. So uh, according to um, some of the stats that steam has posted, they do conduct their own hardware survey. They've done this for years and I always participate in it and put my specs because I like to see where I stack up and then where the community and people who play games on steam, where they stack up. It's good to see who has like, you know, what's the most popular GPU, what's the most popular uh, configuration of Ram processor, all that sort of thing. 
Like how many monitors are you running? Is it, is it a widescreen ultra wide? Is it like triple? Like, what is it? I like seeing all these stats. It's very interesting. So according to these steam, uh, hardware surveys, only 45% of the steam audience surveyed has 12 gigs or more of Ram only 45. And that's, I mean, that's almost right in the middle. So that's not low. That's not high. I mean, 12 gigs is kind of like the standard, I would say. If you have less than 12 at this point, like it's kind of like the state, like today, I'm saying today, if you built a computer like five years ago, I don't think that was really the standard, right? You probably get away with eight. Um, so yeah, um, what else did they say here? Uh, around 35% have a graphics card that would qualify. Only 35% have a, a graphics card that would qualify. So very low. Very, very low numbers there. And uh, roughly one quarter of the Steam audience still has a CPU with fewer than four cores. Fewer than four cores. So a quarter. That's that's dual core. Holy shit. There's people playing on dual core. Are you on Windows XP still? That's crazy. Um, yeah. So again, if you want to get into this Alex VR stuff, man, it's going to... You're going to have to have a, a beefy PC, that's for sure. Beefy PC. I'm surprised Steam doesn't involve and start selling uh, PC components. <laughs> Seriously, like, oh, you want to play this here? Here's our graphics card, CPU, RAM. It's all Valve, Valve-based. I mean, think about it. That's actually kind of a good idea, isn't it? Do you think? I don't know. That's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, did you guys have a great Black Friday? Did you guys survive Black Friday? Were you Were you one of the... The, the people that, that made us have faith, restore our faith in humanity? Or were you one of those crazy psychotic people who were just running around doing stupid shit? I hope you guys were, were awesome because Black Friday is a great time to get good deals on great products. And in fact, you guys know me. You don't know me very well. I have uh, the inside scoop. You know, I have the, uh, I have, I have the dillio. I have the, uh, the lowdown. You know, I have the skinny. Uh, I have the scuttlebutt, if you will. I have the uh, insider info, if you will. I'm kind of a gumshoe, you know, when it comes to this information. And I have a list, a top 10 list of the most sold items. In 2019's Black Friday event that happened the other day. That's right. I actually have a list. I scoured the entire world. I did it already. I just, I did it. I did it today in my free time. I just scoured the world. And I found all the data. And I found information about every product ever sold in the world. And this is what, these are the top 10 things that people bought this year during Black Friday. Are you guys ready for the top 10 list? Ladies and gentlemen, this is... The 10 most sold items in 2019's Black Friday top 10 list. Uh, coming in, I see, I got to actually, I got a drum roll for this. Uh, I've only used it a handful of times. Let's try it. Oh, there. Oh, that's not long enough. There we go. A two minute drum roll. That should be okay. Uh, coming in, turned it down a little bit. Coming in at number 10. This is the, the office butt station. Yes. Are you having issues holding all of your office supplies? Here's one for your cubicle. It's a little, uh, the office butt station. It's a little dude sitting on the toilet. He's holding tape. He's got a pen in his mouth. 
Look at that. You can, you can just put it right in your desk. Perfect. It's perfect. Number eight, the toilet mug. One sip out of this toilet, and it's off to the real toilet, you go. It's a mug shaped as a toilet with coffee in it. You know, it looks like wet, dirty poo, but it's okay. You just, it's okay. I think that's great, you know? Take that to your cubicle. I bet you're going to have everyone in the office talking about that. What do you guys think? Is that good? That number eight. Number seven, it's the bullshit button. Yes, we all need a bullshit button. You know, we all have those people who you look straight in their eye, you know, and they're running their mouth telling you some shit. And you just, don't you wish you could just look right back at them and just look at their blatant bullshit and just say, you know what? Bullshit. Well, now you can with the bullshit button. Bring it along everywhere you go. Just walk right up to somebody when they're talking and just hit it. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is great. This is fantastic. I, I really want one of these. That was number seven. All right, number... Oh, shit. No, this should be number six. Number six, emergency underwear. Yes, never leave home without them, especially when you go visit your extended family and grandma offered some of her jello mold. And hey, no disrespect to grandma or anything, but you just don't know what the fuck she made it out of. Doesn't even look like jello. Maybe you need to have one pair of these in case you take a little sip of that jello mold and we have a problem on our hands. Number six, emergency underpants. That's that's actually very smart, you know? I mean, and you can either take that or you can take, a, you know, you can take a poop sock with you too. A poop sock works, but I think this looks a little bit more professional. I'd probably go with the, the emergency underpants. It's a little bit more discreet, you know, because then you have to have a sock roll up, you know. It's just weird. I mean, you can stuff it in your pants, but then you have another conversation about that. It's just weird. Yeah, you don't want to do that. All right, number, what was that? That should have been number six. Oh, I'm all off here. Uh, number five, inflatable unicorn horn for the cats. Folks, don't forget about your pets. Don't forget about your pets this year. You know, they love gifts too. They're part of the family, and especially cats. Cats love inflatable horns strapped to their fucking heads. Believe me, you'll love this. And you'll love it even more trying to get that thing wrapped around your favorite feline's head. Look at that face. That is the face of pure terror and I'm going to kill you in your sleep tonight human cats love it the inflatable unicorn horn for cats number five. Oh, what that didn't go over too well oh who could have guessed well then fuck it it's time for number five the unicorn horn for humans that's right if it didn't work well on the cat just you know buy this one and wrap this one on your head Inflatable unicorn horn. Everyone loves those. Look, look just like a real unicorn. One size fits all. Inflatable. I mean, everything here is just looking beautiful. Patches the horse approved. Coming in at number four, the beard ski mask. Yeah, get it? Beard ski? Beard ski mask. Yes. You want to become more like the abominable snowman yourself? You want to be among them when you go out into the snow? Well, guess what? I got you, fam. I got you. The beard ski mask. It is a mask that you wear that emulates that you have a massive fucking ZZ Top beard. Yep. To be honest, it looks pretty nice. Looks pretty warm. Very furry. And uh, according to the picture, that's a female. So, hey, everyone loves them. Men and women, let's go. 
Looks like a lot of fun to me. The beard ski mask. Who's in for one? I mean, who's in for that? I, I'm down for one. I mean, I'm already starting, starting the red beard here. Already starting a little bit. I think, yeah. It's got to add another uh, four feet to it. And I think I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh, we got something for the peanut gallery. I hear Steph in there. What? <laughs> oh, I am not saying that. I am not telling everyone. I am not going to tell them I need to shave my crotch hair and put it up on my beard. I'm not telling them that. How rude. They even stopped the drum roll. It was so rude. Coming in at number three, every car lover's favorite thing. Don't forget about your uh, favorite car buddy in the house there. Um, yeah, you need blinker fluid in case the blinkers go out, in case something happens. You always need a refill of blinker fluid. Always. This is beautiful. It is an eight ounce bottle of just completely empty blinker fluid. Got to have that. And you see, you just pour it right in there to the blinker reservoir and you're good. Good to go. Very nice. Number three. Very good. Uh, number two. All right. This is this is legit. L number two is the pizza pouch. And I wrote in my notes. Seriously, though. I want one of these. The shit is legit. All joking aside, I do want one of these. It is a pizza pouch. You wear it around your neck. You put a piece of pizza in there, and then you can have it at any time. When are you hungry? Doesn't matter. Have it when you're hungry. The pizza pouch. One pouch fits one pizza. Yes. I want one. I want one. <clears throat> and ladies and gentlemen, we have come to... Number one. The most purchased item on Black Friday in 2019, ladies and gentlemen. A pool float toy shaped like Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian's ass. You're guaranteed never ever to sink in the pool with this thing here. It is a pool float of Kim's ass. Yes. How many did you order? I mean, how many of those did you order? Put them on, put them on layaway. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's, it's great. You know, I'm so glad that I have this kind of information at hand so that I can, you know, report this stuff to you guys. I just think it's fantastic. So thank you so much. Black Friday. Glad you guys made it out. And I hope you got great deals on stuff that you wanted. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for tech news. Are you ready to jump into this? I told you we got a we got a jam-packed episode here. A lot of good stuff happening. Um I'm labeling this section Tis the season to be hacked again. You know, even Santa Claus can get hacked. And that's just what's happening, man. It is a tough time because remember, this is the time where a lot of people are doing shopping. They're online, they're cybering, they're cyber shopping and cyber sexing. They're doing a lot of stuff online. So you know, fraud is very high. People are trying to hack into your account and there's been lots of breaches. And I, I talk about some of this stuff because I just want listeners of this podcast to, again, be aware of what's happening, to be a little bit more vigilant and just be more self-aware of what's going on, you know, where your info is going, what you're doing with that info. And uh, because you never know, man, you know, you, it could sneak up on you and you, you may get bit. 
And so we have some stuff that's been going on. I want to talk about three articles actually related to some hacking that's been going on. So Disney plus number one, this isn't new news. This happened a couple of weeks ago, um, but Disney plus user accounts are stolen. Let me break this down because the, a lot of people are reporting that Disney plus has been hacked and Disney plus has been breached. That is actually not the case at all. Let me tell you what's happening here so that you, I can kind of paint this picture for you. So, Disney Plus came out a couple of weeks ago and 10 million people in the first week signed up for an account. 10 million people. What happened with that is that out of a lot of those people, they created an account and used the same credentials as another account. Let's just say Netflix. Let's say Hulu. Let's say Amazon Video, Prime Video, whatever. They used the same credentials for some of that. Well, now Disney Plus wasn't hacked, but what happened is your account details have been breached and compromised at some point, more than likely. Any, everyone listening to the show, anyone who has an account somewhere, it's been hacked. So, like, were you a part of the Equifax? Were you a part of Sony's breach? You know, um, were you a part of Kickstarter? Remember when Kickstarter had a breach? I mean, take a pick, all right? There's tons of them out there. Um, so what happens is that information that you signed up for with Equifax or Kickstarter or wherever that was already compromised. What happens is you don't know that you may or may not know that. So then you sign up for Disney plus using those same credentials. And what happens? It's already compromised. So then these people, these hackers go in and they try to not brute force enter because they already have your login info and they have your, your security question. They have your IP address. They have all the stuff they can log into your account. Then they do log into your account. And then they go on the dark web and they sell that data uh, for as little as $3 an account, to be honest. It's crazy. So Disney Plus wasn't hacked, but your data has already been compromised. And so I guess the, the, main, the main takeaway here is that, you know, if you can, I know some people have hundreds, you know, try to create different passwords and logins for, you know, different areas. If not, then maybe even using a third-party password manager or something, uh, that would probably help like LastPass or there's a, there's a few others out there that do it, but it's something to look into. So no, Disney Plus wasn't hacked, but your data has been hacked. So it's really crazy. And so they're trying to work with Disney about it. People are waiting on the phone, getting no responses. Can you imagine? Just can you imagine? They are just bombarded with people with this issue. And I, I feel really bad, honestly, for everyone involved because they don't get their product. Disney doesn't get to, you know, show doesn't really get to either keep a customer or keep a customer happy. It's not their fault, but like, uh, it's really frustrating. It's really kind of this big, massive uh, problem. So that's, that's really what's happening right now. So don't use the same password for new accounts, you know, spice it up, different passwords, stuff like that. Use a password manager, that sort of thing. That'd be, uh, that'd be the best. Um, moving on with also some more um, hacking that's been going on. So password data, for about 2.2 or so million users using cryptocurrency and gaming bot sites has been dumped online. This happened this week. Um, now, we have used bots in the past. We've used Nightbot. We've used, uh, what are some of the other ones? There's a couple other bots that we've used within Twitch. So like, I understand what, what these bots are. Bots are in there to automate things. Um, if you put in like chat commands, they can automate things for you. Uh, they can do raffles and giveaways. They can uh, give points. They can, they're really useful. They're very helpful for like live streaming and chat. But uh, there was a bot um, that was also uh, 
compromised here. So let me talk about it here. Password data and other personal information belonging to as many as 2.2 million users uh, of two websites. One is a cryptocurrency wallet service and the other is a gaming bot. And uh, it's been posted online in the dark web. Uh, according to Tony, or I'm sorry, Troy Hunt. He, this Troy Hunt is the guy behind haveibeenpwned.com. You really should check out, if you feel that your credentials have been hacked or compromised, you should really go look at Have I Been Pwned and enter, enter your credentials there because he goes and he checks with the database. So he actually goes into and gets these files on the dark web and then helps cross-reference your info and then lets you know if you're in there to help better serve you, which is really, he's been doing this for years. Um, honestly, he's, he should be celebrated. This guy's amazing. So Troy Hunt, um, he's one of the security researchers behind that. Um, yeah, 1.4 million accounts from GitHub cryptocurrency wallet. So if you use GitHub, change your password immediately. Um, and also if you are in about 800,000 accounts on RuneScape, there's a RuneScape bot uh, called Epic Bot. If you use Epic Bot, you better uh, go change that password immediately. See, that's why I like reporting about this stuff. I want to let you guys know there's a lot of people out there you may or may not even know. And, you know, don't even count on these companies letting you know right away. Hell, they, they wait months, months before they say anything. It's crazy. Then they get sued, and then we get a $10 gift card to download some PS Plus games. <laughs> um. And uh, and uh, five years on our uh, our credit report monitoring. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Um, let's see here. What else was in there? Uh, if you're on the RuneScape bot, Epic bot, the database that was compromised there is kind of a big one. It was registered emails, passwords. Um, what else? It was actually that crypto bot was, what did I say? Encrypted with Bcrypt. Says that's one of the hardest to crack, but they evidently did. Uh, the whole file is available on the dark web for sales. 3.7 gigabytes of data. That's a lot of data. This is text documents, by the way. It includes two-factor authentication keys, phrases, wallet hashtags, and hashes. Ugh. Although GitHub officials said an investigation suggested wallet hashes were not accessed, the EpicBot database, meanwhile... They included usernames and IP addresses. This is just a bad news for everyone involved. Very, very bad. That's strike number two. Even Santa can get hacked. And the third one here, I don't want to alarm anyone, but did you guys get an email from Origin the other day saying that you just um, redeemed your uh, month of free uh, EA access? You guys get that email? Yeah, I sure did. What's the first thing I went to do? Change my fucking password <laughs> on, on uh, Origin. Why? Because I'm like, yeah, I did not redeem a fucking month of EA Access. I didn't do it. Don't trip. EA is uh, your EA account. Well, as far as I know, anyway, it may. Hey, tomorrow it may change. But your EA account is not compromised. Uh, what is happening is. Last month, EA made a post saying if you enable two-form authentication on your account two-factor two-factor authentication if you enable that you then are able to get a free month of ea access i news to me i didn't i didn't see that email at all i didn't see that so i already have two-form on my account so 
And a lot of people do evidently because they just flipped the light switch and started pushing out the email saying everyone who has two form two factor can get a free month. So that's what they're doing. And I got the email. And I'm like, bro, I did not freaking authenticate that. What's wrong with you? So yeah, if you got that, don't trip. It's not a hack. I mean, it might be from something else, but at least this specifically is not. So yeah, if you do two form, you get a free month of EA and I think it's great. You want to try some games. Maybe you want to play the new, new star Wars game and get stuck in the glitch spot. Don't go over that um, Jumanji jump or whatever it's called. They have a problem there. Um, so yeah, that's it. So again, that's the three articles I have here with hacking and stuff like that. Just be very vigilant folks. We're living in a time where people make it their livelihood to sit in a room and try to brute force their way, hack into your shit. So just be very careful out there, be vigilant and update your passwords and, um, be safe out there. Okay. Uh, moving on. Microsoft is bringing Gmail Google Drive, and Google Calendar to Outlook's web client. What? Hell has frozen over. Uh, this is good for people who are using the Outlook web client because Outlook is kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's a piece of shit. All right, it's kind of kind of terrible. It's kind of old. And that's, I mean, that's okay. And again, come on. Let me ask. Is anyone here really using Outlook for their mail client? Now. Okay, thank you. You answered. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I heard you. I heard you. I know what you said. You said, hell no. Or you said, yeah, I do, but only at work. Right? Yeah, I got you. I understand. Yeah, you use it only at work. That makes sense. Well, it's good news for you at work because they're incorporating G Suite. G Suite is amazing, and I love it. Not that I agree with everything Google does, but having... Um, Gmail, your drive, your calendar, everything integrated in there is very, very helpful. I use, I use G Suite every day, to be honest. So I help, I'm using G Suite right now. I'm using Docs. Uh, Steph and I collaborate on show notes. Every, every time we do an episode, it takes us about three hours. We sit down, we make notes, we put pictures, we do articles together, we collaborate. I see what she's working on. I'm working on stuff, you know, so it's very, very useful and it helps productivity. So I think that's great. It's good news for Outlook uh, users on the web client. Um, do you have an iPhone and just wish it was more like an iPod video, like a 2004 iPod video? I, I know, I know you do. I know everyone does <laughs> not necessarily, but an iOS developer named Elvin Hugh is building an iPod app that will turn the smartphone into an iPod classic with a nostalgic click wheel and haptic feedback. Elvin is a design student at the Cooper Union College in New York City and has been at this project since October. He shared an early look on Twitter and uh, turns your phone into a full screen iPod classic with the click sounds, haptic feedback, just like the original iPod video. I still have my, I should have brought it out to show everyone. I still have my 80 gig video uh, that I got. My mom got it for me for Christmas in 2004 or was it 2003? I think it was 2004. And it was the first iPod to have video, color video. Very, very cool. But I do have a little picture of it here. Kind of a nice, nice zoom in there for you. But there it is. How about it? That nostalgic click wheel. I think, I think he even said in the article that he has, if you turn it sideways, it will do cover flow. Remember cover flow? Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's pretty awesome. Good stuff right there. Gotta love it. 
Yeah, folks. Hey, and that is the end of tech news. How about that? What a show. I appreciate you all so, so much. Uh, if you want to get involved with the show, please visit my website, heinehouse.com. Give me a follow right here on Twitch if you're watching in the live stream and anywhere else. Find me on social media at heinehouse is where you go. And I'm taking calls too. There's a voicemail hotline for you. I would love to hear from you. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Again, that's 503-908-5490. Would love to uh, hear from you if you're having a good laugh. Uh, maybe, you know, you want to talk about something specific, enlighten, uh, enlighten us on some things there. I would love to. I'd uh, love to take your call. So thanks so much for being here. Uh, as always, I want to give a shout out to all the amazing, amazing people. Round of applause for everyone here on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine is the link. We had just crossed the 30 patron mark. I am so humbled. I'm so thankful. Please, folks, let's try to get to 50. Can we get to 50 by the... How about this? Let's make it a goal. Can we get to 50 by the end of the year? That's pretty ambitious. I know. It's pretty ambitious. But even if you come through, even if you roll through at five bucks a month, I mean, put it on the board. You know, this is my goal, folks, to get to a point to where I can full-time podcast, produce entertainment content, YouTube, music. I have a lot of stuff. That is what I want to do. And y'all are making it happen right here. In fact, the whole reason this show is even, even here today is because of all the people you see right here on your screen. And I offer different things for the different tiers, ground floor, main floor, game loft, all the way up to the game loft tier where I include my entire music discography a bunch of additional things, physical copies of albums and perks and benefits. And uh, like whatever it is, five, four gigs, 10, I don't know what it is of like all of my music. It's just great. I do car vlogs, do weekly car vlogs. There's a lot of stuff that I offer behind the scenes. And um, I just want to give back to all of you who give so much to me. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Appreciate you all. Let's try to get to 50 by the end of the year. Very ambitious. Let's try it. Let's make it a goal. I'm going to leave you guys with a song. I always play a song as we round out the show. And it is a season, folks. It's Christmas time. So guess what? I'm promoting it. Yes. My Christmas album. Yes, it's here. It, please let Christmas happen now. It can officially be here. Officially can start. This is my album. You can find it on my website and also on my Bandcamp page. Go check it out. We wanted to bring a modern approach and a modern feel to these classic holiday Christmas songs that we know and love. And doing this can be tricky because we don't want to step on their toes and make it something crazy from left field. But we also wanted to pay respect to these songs and give them something that um, was fun to listen to. So my homie, Luke Walters, who I've been my musical partner for many, many years, we got together and we produced this album. Uh, we're celebrating 12 years of it. This is the 12th year. And it's, I've, I mean, I hear from people during the holidays, they say, yeah, we put it on finally after Thanksgiving. It fills our house. It's great. It's, it, that makes me feel so good. It's very warm. And I appreciate that. So, hey, make it a tradition in your home. I would love for it to be. And let me know what you think of it. This is, uh, what, what are we going to play here? Let's, let's pop open a song. Um, Holly Jolly Christmas. That's the next one. Let's, let's go ahead and pop this on and uh, let everyone hear what we have going on over here. Thanks so much, folks. Um, I'm going to stop mirroring. Hold on. Oh, no, I'll mirror it. Why not? Why not? We'll keep it going. Holly Jolly Christmas. Thank you so much. Episode 35 in the bag. Let's go.